Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. I am your host, Cornelia or Coco. Today is October 3rd. Thank God, finally, Mercury is not in retrograde any longer. I don't know about you, but this Mercury retrograde was really painful for me personally. I felt it in my bones, so I'm um, excited that it's completely finished for right now. But on another note, I'm very proud to announce my merch is finally live. Yay! This drop, I created hats in three colors, black leather, denim, and washed brown, and it has like a white embroidery in the front. One says high maintenance, and the other one says first class, because that's our vibe, okay? They are all available on bougiebestie.com. It is limited edition, so get it while supplies last and based on your interest on this drop i'm gonna decide if i'm gonna make more merch i'm gonna make maybe some hoodies slippers i have a bunch of ideas but let's see how this one goes okay so let me tell you about today's episode and our guest i had the pleasure of speaking to toby henny She is a bi-coastal makeup artist who originates from Sydney, Australia. She used to be L'Oreal's makeup director for Australia, which is pretty huge. She is known for her flawless, glowing skin and signature red carpet looks. Let me name drop a few clients. She works with Megan Fox, Ashley Graham, Poppy Delevingne, Ellie Goulding. She also worked with a bunch of large brands like Victoria's Secret, Chanel, Dior, Louis Vuitton. The list goes on and on and on. She is incredible and she also has a makeup brush collection called the essentials makeup brush collection by toby henny as a former makeup artist and a beauty lover i really really love this episode because we dissect the ins and outs of the beauty makeup world how she got where she is and she gave you actual tangible advice that you can take home and apply in your next makeup application from the color of your eyes, what colors work well to make them stand out, foundations, blush, like everything, literally so many details for you guys. One more thing before we jump into the episode, please, please, please take a moment and leave a five-star rating and review. This podcast is so special to me and it would mean so much that you leave a rating and review because that's my fuel to keep on going and it's gonna be shown to more people and we can all be a beautiful bougie bestie community now let's hear from toby hi toby how are you i'm good how are you coco Good. Toby is a celebrity makeup artist. She has her own brush line. She is doing a lot. She worked on pretty much every celebrity you can think of. Let's start with your, where are you from? How did you come to the US? Mm -hmm. Your journey when it comes to makeup, how did you start? So I'm Australian and I'm originally from Sydney and I actually didn't get into makeup until my mid twenties. So I studied education after high school and I went and got my degree. I went and lived in London and in Europe. And then when I returned to Australia, I was like, okay, I want to follow my creative passion, which was makeup. While I was at university, I had my own business doing spray tans and a hair salon. And I'd always wanted to get into the beauty world, but this is pre-Instagram and it was kind of a hard industry to crack into way back when. And I actually started to assist and I met a makeup artist who was very kind and uh, referred me to a makeup school. And I was doing school teaching through the days and I did my makeup course at night. And then every single free moment I had I would assist on the weekends and my school holidays and that's how I kind of started to network and I would meet photographers stylists hairstylists and I just continued to like build my network network and then I got to a point where I started to do my test shoots and build my portfolio and the agency I was assisting for were very kind and they wanted to take me on so I made the brave decision to leave my job as a school teacher and jump into this freelance world which was very scary at the time and on Mm. top of that my boyfriend broke up with me I remember like around (laughs) the same time and I was like fuck (laughs) can I swear on this yes you can you can can. (laughs) so yeah you know how they say you hit rock bottom and then the only Mm. way is up that's exactly how my career started with makeup it was like the struggle was real I remember like 
doing makeup in the day and I was quite good at maths and I was tutoring high school maths at night to make some money. So like Mm -hmm. I was doing everything I can to make it work. And then I started actually getting into weddings early into my career. And, you know, weddings is a great way to improve your skills as a makeup artist. And, you know, I was doing that craft, like learning my craft and improving my skills. And then, you know, I slowly was doing the fashion because the fashion takes a little bit longer. And then luckily a few of the celebrities in Australia started to book me and my, you know, my profile was growing and then Instagram started and then the ball started rolling. And then I think in anything in life, the more that you work at something and like you, if you're passionate about it, you know, the, the dots start to connect and mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened to me. So I was lucky enough to work with uh, one of my clients who started to do the fashion week circuit and she brought me to New York one year. And that's kind of how I got introduced to the world over here. Then we went on to Milan and I was like, wow, like this is a whole new world over like Mm -hmm. in the Northern hemisphere because Australia (laughs) is tiny. And I was like, I really need to move. Like if I really want to make this work and make it like big, I need to move to America. And so Mm -hmm. I had decided in my own heart, I was like, okay, I'm going to save my money, get a visa and figure out how to do this. And then at the same time, there was a competition in Australia to become the next L'Oreal Paris makeup director. And I applied and I ended up winning and I won an $80,000 contract with L'Oreal. Okay. And I was like, okay. So that was kind of like a really good, like, moment in my career where I was like, wow, this is happening. Like, I was you know, on TV at home and doing all these ad campaigns for L'Oreal. And it also helped me when I was getting my visa, because when you get your US visa, mm-hmm. I'm on an O1 visa, you have to me prove <laughs> that you're very good at your job. Yeah, and so the yeah. L'Oreal press for me was, you know, amazing. And once my contract was up, I did, you know, end up moving. And that was way back in 2017 now. And so I've been in America five and a half years and then it was nearly like starting again when I got here because America's a whole different ball game. Mm. (laughs) And I kind of knew which agency I wanted to be represented by and that's who I'm represented by now. But it took me a while to get to that point. I had to meet people and, you know, sell Mm. myself and build my clientele. And yeah, now I'm at a a period in my life where I just I kind of can't believe the clients I have and mm-hmm. the jobs I've been able to do and the places I've traveled we're gonna so, yeah, dive very deep into all the celebrities you do because I am I'm, I'm so impressed by your work you. I have so many questions okay let's start with so you moved from Australia to New York and you said that you felt it was a little you know, it's it's difficult to break in into a new city and New York is so massive mm. and everybody wants to be a makeup artist. So how did you mm-hmm. start, you know, building your network and working towards mm-hmm. having an agency that you have today? So you're represented by the Wall Group. Exactly. So I moved here and I found an apartment and I got settled and I had a few clients that were from Australia that were doing the back and forth from Australia to New York and so I would work with those girls and then you know I was just trying to go out and meet people but the other thing that I decided to work on was YouTube and Mm -hmm. every single time I had a free moment I would you know DM a model and say come to my apartment I'll do your makeup and we'll film it and so Mm -hmm. I use the internet as a tool to kind of build my online presence and to reach out to brands and build connections with brands and feature their products in my videos and also on Instagram as well. And I I guess that really helped in the early days because people were seeing these beautiful models and, you Mm -hmm. know, I've got my style and I was just trying to really focus on that when I wasn't working. So I think that's a really important part about this freelance like world is you know, you've got a lot of free time sometimes. If you're not booked out, you know, the rest of the time you've got to figure out what to do. And I just mm-hmm. really tried to focus on working for myself when I wasn't working physically with clients. Mm-hmm. There's so many different different types of makeup. And I feel like people don't even understand that, you know, there, there's one type for red carpet, editorial, mm. weddings, you know, the, te- the technique can be different. What is your Definitely. favorite type of makeup to do? I would say red carpet. 
I think red carpet just is so much fun because you're working in a team and when you walk mm-hmm. into somebody's hotel room with a celebrity and there's a stylist there with the look and a hairstylist and you know, the four of you have to come together and really collaborate and figure out what's this look going to be and is the makeup going to be a strong look and maybe the um, the hair takes a back seat or vice versa. And I just love working in that team environment. I find it's really fun. And then, you know, sending that celebrity off and seeing their photos come out as soon as mm-hmm. they've done the carpet, it's just like, it's really exhilarating. Like when you do the Met Gala and you do these big events, it's it's just mm-hmm. really fun to see the finished product. Um, so, yeah. Actually, let's retract a little bit. So you moved to New York and you uh, started building mm. your portfolio. You started like building your following and you said, how did you sign with an agency? So you had an idea so, of who you wanted to be represented by with the wall group. So how did you like get it done. I definitely <laughs> had to do some digging. I had to figure out who the agents were at the agencies. I had to do a lot of emailing. I went for meetings. I started meeting with the agents before I'd moved. So I came to New York a few times before moving. But look, there was a lot of ghosting going on as well. Like mm-hmm. I remember there was an agent and I had met her and I was like, I'm moving this time next year. And, you know, she was super keen and Then when I got here, she wasn't replying. And like later on, I found out she'd left the company. (laughs) But you don't know these things. And you think, oh, my God, I'm like being rejected. Uh, And there's a lot of rejection in this job. So you kind of get used to Mm -hmm. it. Uh, But then, you know, you meet people and you figure things out. And I had a lot of great friends that do hair that really helped me. And yeah, I just, I kept going. And I think the difference I found between Australia and America is Americans are really good at selling themselves and telling people what they're really good at. Where in Australia, mm-hmm. we kind of like play everything down a lot. And when I was going into this meetings, I was like, yeah, I can do this. And then I had to change <laughs> my whole, you know, approach the way I was like selling myself. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the end, my agent is still my agent out in LA and she, she took a meeting with me and I flew out there and she signed me to the war group. And then I had my agent here in New York and yeah, I've got a really great team and you've got to work together with your agents to, you know, get the clients you want and get the schedule you want and, and the work you want because makeups, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many, you can be on shoots, you can be on movies, you can be doing advertising campaigns, you can be doing events. There's so many different things you can mm-hmm. do. And I think you really have to figure out which direction you want to go. The other thing people don't realize is this industry is so competitive that when you meet a client, you have to re- make a really big impression on your first makeup with mm-hmm. them because They can either book you again or they can go to somebody else. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most important parts of our job is to really like, you've got like a couple of hours to connect with someone, Mm -hmm. make them look the best they've ever looked and have that rapport with them so that they come back and book you again. You mentioned that big moment with L'Oreal and you're like, oh my God, this is huge. Is there any other moment that you were just like looked around and you said like, I can't believe (laughs) this is my job I think one recently uh during the pandemic when there was no work at all and we were all locked Mm -hmm. up I actually moved down to Miami for a bit and I got down there yeah I was a Miami girl (laughs) in 2020 and I was unpacking and I was like yeah I'm ready just to hang out at the beach and ride my bike and be super chill because there was no work and my agent called me and said oh Megan Fox has requested you to go do a movie with her over in Bulgaria and I was like okay cool like when she's like in a few days I'm like Okay, so I had to pack and prep and figure out the look for the movie and call in products that she wanted. And and all of a sudden they sent me out to Puerto Rico and I met with Megan because that's where she was. And then we got on a private jet together and we flew over to Bulgaria and we lived in a hotel for six weeks and I was doing her makeup six days a week. And I think that was a really crazy time. I think because- that is a big <laughs> I'm like listening to you. Yeah, I just like flew to meet Megan Fox and then we went on a private plane and then I'm the biggest fan of Megan and Machine Gun Kelly since recently. I've been a fan of Megan for a long time, but Machine Gun Kelly recently, so. 
Let them know I said hi. <laughs> She's, I, I loved working with her and I was very grateful for that opportunity. And yeah, we, we had a great time shooting. We were on our feet, like shooting for 12, 13 hours a day and six days a week. And th- that schedule is pretty grueling. But mm-hmm. um, it was during a time where a lot of my colleagues weren't working because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I felt very, mm-hmm. very uh, thankful to Megan for choosing me to do that job with her. But yeah, that was cool too. And the other thing was, I, I'd never done a movie before, and mm-hmm. I said to Megan, you- "Like, you got to walk me through this because I, yeah. it's you know, it's makeup's makeup, but like, I didn't know some of the ins and outs of the movie world." And mm-hmm. she was super kind and yeah, amazing to work with. So. I would love to break it down for some people who might be listening who don't really know much about makeup and different types of makeups and mm. techniques and stuff like that. So yes. like, let's say when it comes to movies, since you just mentioned movies, what would you say is different on a movie set versus everywhere else? Mm. Um, so I only did Ma- Megan's makeup um, and you know, it was a glam look like she usually does and she's all about skin and we kind of have the same aesthetic. So with Mm -hmm. her, it was kind of just working with products that she liked and obviously making sure there's no shine at all. So I guess I used maybe a little bit more powder than I would say for an event makeup. But Mm -hmm. it it wasn't, I think back in the day, they used to use very heavy bases Mm -hmm. for film and TV, whereas now it's HD. Uh, you know, for we were using Clay de Po foundation, which is mm-hmm. a gorgeous foundation. You need perfect skin for that. It doesn't have great coverage, mm-hmm. but it's it's stunning mm-hmm. on the right skin. And um, yeah, we you know I still use my lashes and liner and shadows mm-hmm. as usual. And you know I was just watching the monitor the whole time, making sure everything looked perfect. You basically have to just like stand and watch the makeup the whole time, making sure nothing moves and like do touch ups when absolutely something happens. like it just depends how long it's got to last. So with Megan, like mm-hmm. you know, we touch it up, and I had moments throughout the day to really refresh it and and do my mm-hmm. little things to make it last. And that was the other thing; like she had to jump in the water a lot, so I was using a lot of mm-hmm. waterproof products, like benefit brow crayons they last really well they're quite waxy and don't move Mm -hmm. Um, Anastasia Beverly Hills crayons are really good too and you know I like a lot of the time I test myself so I do my eye makeup and I get in a shower and Mm -hmm. I've shot for Sports Illustrated and I've done a lot of swimwear shoots over the years and I'll always test products before they go on my kit and see how waterproof Mm -hmm. they are and things like that, mm-hmm. how long they last. Like I, I tried a mascara the other day and I was so excited. I was like, this mascara, <laughs> the campaign was amazing. And I wore it and I'm not joking. Like I looked in the mirror an hour later and you know when it's all up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I, this is not going into Such my Such a waste. Like I can't. Yeah. Let's talk about your kit. So as a makeup artist, you obviously have your kit. How would you build your kit now if you were starting from scratch? For those girls who might want to do makeup. I would definitely start with brushes that are going to last you a really Mm -hmm. long time. Because I think investing in good brushes, I've honestly still got brushes from when I started. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got my brush set now. This is the essential Mm -hmm. brush collection that I designed. Mm -hmm. These are amazing brushes. But I think investing in brushes is so important. I mm-hmm. also think, you know, with foundations, it's important to have a whole color range, but maybe you skip a few shades and you learn how to mix. And like, it's like mm-hmm. painting. You pour a few on a palette and then you mix to the exact color you want. You don't need to have every single shade, but you need mm-hmm. to learn how to like create different shades out of what you have. Um, mm-hmm. And then with eyeshadows, you know, having cool and warm tones and all your basics and I think like I remember I used to use a lot of MAC cosmetics when I started because mm-hmm. that was all the rage and I still love MAC cosmetics and just having you know a few lipsticks in every tone and a really good suitcase or bag to carry everything and make sure everything is safe and secure and won't smash is mm-hmm. super important as well. 
I remember when I was starting, I got my Zuka bag and I thought it was the best bag I ever got. And until this day, Fine. I have it because it's literally <laughs> sitting, even though I don't do makeup anymore as much, like I still do it for some friends or maybe like a special, yeah. you know, a special request. I literally mm-hmm. still have my Zuka sitting in my closet as we speak. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> Mine's in my parents' garage. <laughs> but yeah, they were good uh, bags. Yeah, I feel like... You know, nowadays, beauty industry is obviously huge and people are pushing Mm. so many products on you. But if you have to learn how to use the products you have and learn how to mix and match. So like if you have a foundation that is really thick and you want to make it sheer, like less coverage, Mm. there's ways to kind of thin it down by using moisturizer or certain primers or something like that. And, you know, if you like with cool and warm tones like when you add just a dash of one color you can completely change the the tone what i really loved was when anastasia beverly hills actually dropped that um lip palette i don't know if Mm. you remember that lip palette i do where you had Mm -hmm. that like really blue and yellow intense like when i first got it i was (laughs) playing with that all day every day it was like one of my favorite (laughs) products Uh, when it comes to skin prep you said there's skin prep is huge Yes. Let's say you're doing a makeup right now for a celebrity. Mm. What would you do for her skin prep? So one of my favorite masks is the Tatcha Dewy Skin Mask. And I often use this mm-hmm. before red carpet. And what it does is it hydrates the skin. It leaves the skin with a gorgeous glow. The other one, if you want to go a bit more high end, is the Sisley uh, mask. Mm-hmm. And you leave those on and you massage those into the skin. But I'll typically always do a mask on my client. And then depending on their skin type, I'll use um, different serums, uh, moisturizers, and then a primer. My favorite for primers are the ones with the glow in them. Mm-hmm. So you've got like your Tom Ford, your Laura Mercier's. Uh, I they're love really Laura beautiful. Yeah, stunning, mm-hmm. stunning primers. And I find they just, you know, highlight the skin and they add that extra bit of, um, you know, glow to the final look. And I always use a beautiful lip balm as well. It's really important mm-hmm. to hydrate the lips. And I do that before I've done anything else. So when you come to the lipstick at the end, it's nothing mm-hmm. worse than a crusty lip on a red mm-hmm. cup. <laughs> uh, yeah. Barbara Sturm does a really good lip balm. I love that one. And... Um, yeah, I I just find that if you spend 10 minutes on the skin before you do anything else, you're going to see better results for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like skin is the most important part when it comes to beauty. And a lot of times girls are mm. telling me like, oh my God, drop the makeup routine, drop the routine. I'm like, I should be dropping my skincare routine, not my makeup routine as much. Because yeah. if you don't have like a good base, it's mm-hmm. very hard to camouflage that with makeup and when you're adding product on product on product it's just gonna look cakey uh what would you say to those girls who might have like really dry skin or if even they have like chopped lips all the time what would you say yeah definitely exfoliating can get rid of that extra um extra layer of dry skin i also i highly recommend facials like Mm -hmm. i know they're expensive for some people but if you can afford to go get yourself a facial once every however I mean, I go monthly because I, I've mm-hmm. always had acne prone skin and uh, I just find it helps me. I also like to treat skin from within. So mm-hmm. whether you're dry, oily, acne prone, for me, I have found since I've changed my diet, I went and saw a nutritionist and did a lot of mm-hmm. blood work and I cut out gluten, dairy and soy. And when I am eating really well, I, I've just cut out coffee. I try not to drink mm-hmm. too much. Oh my I don't God. smoke. Coffee. Yeah, I know. That was hard. Cutting out alcohol was fine, but cutting out coffee. I drink raspberry teas. I drink lots of herbal teas Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. but my skin just completely changes. Like if I Mm -hmm. eat ice cream, I get a pimple. Like that's how sensitive I find my skin is. But yeah, if you've got dry skin, I think the other good thing is, you know, the tools, it's called Dermaflash. It actually Mm -hmm. gets rid of the peach fuzz and... uh, it can get rid of some dry skin also. That's a good tool to grab. 
let's talk about acne prone skin if you have a lot of texture mm. what can you do to minimize that okay bougie besties i wanted to take a quick break to talk to you about someone who is a dear friend and who truly inspires me her name is nikki spo so nikki and i met a few months ago and we immediately connected she is actually the twin flame i never knew i needed in my life i love her and i love talking to her but when i can't talk to her you know she gets pretty busy with her two boys and a baby girl on the way i I love listening to her podcast, The No with Nikki Spo. I'm all about those honest conversations where nothing is off limits from healing your traumas to money, sobriety, marriage, intimacy, creating boundaries, you name it. We are all about living life on your own terms, okay? I mean, I know it's hard to be yourself in this world full of judgment and shame, but it doesn't have to be that way. Nikki's podcast episodes will really help you to own your worth, step into your deep inner knowing and own your power. Tune into her podcast and to know with Nikki Spo on Apple, Spotify or wherever podcasts are streaming. Now let's get back to the episode. So as someone who suffered from acne for a really long time, I find that you know, obviously don't touch your face because when you pick, you scab and you scar. So the first thing to do is you can do some compression on it, either with ice. Um, if it's if it's feeling swollen, sometimes icing it can just help calm it. And then depending on how red it is, you can definitely use like a corrector. So obviously green corrects super red pimples. Um, mm. but I find just layering and a good beauty blender will help like just layer and then like do another layer of concealer. And just, I find if you just do it on the targeted areas, you don't want to keep like mm. doing layer or layer on the whole face. I think you've got to really mm. just target those spots. Otherwise you end up, I mean, I don't like too much makeup on the base. So I think just focusing mm -hmm. on the actual problem areas is, um, the best way to cover anything mm -hmm. that's, um bothering you yeah so basically do like more of a sheer coverage all over and then where you have those specific breakouts or something mm -hmm. put some more product on that and and Definitely. use a product that's a little thicker than everything else exactly um, one of my favorites is the nars you know the soft matte concealers and the yes pot. yes yes i love that they're brilliant they're brilliant for mm -hmm. covering pimples um and they come in so many different shades as well. As we're getting older, obviously, we start noticing some fine lines that are resting on our face. A lot of <laughs> girls have issues with products settling in. What would you mm. say they should do? Okay, so aside from putting something topically on, hydration in the skin, If drinking water is so important in our beauty regime. I can't even tell you. My nutritionist has drilled this in me and your under eye I'm area taking will a change. sip of water as you speak. <laughs> just, just, just because you just told me. <laughs> Literally. And, uh, and sleep. Like water and sleep is so important. And I know sometimes we can't control these things. But if you try to drink a few liters a day, you're going to see better results in your skin. But under the eye area, I, I'll never do a makeup without eye cream. I always mm -hmm. put a nice thick layer of eye cream and I massage that in and I let it settle into the skin. And then mm -hmm. I like to use a nice uh, liquid concealer and I'll either press it in with the warmth of my finger or I'll use like a brush like this and I'll buff it out under the eye. And then I like to use a super, super fine powder, like a silky powder. A really good one is the one by Tatcha, by Terry do a really nice one. And you can actually feel how silky it is. And because it's so silky, it's not going to settle into that under eye area. You can even tell, mm -hmm. you know, Laura Mercier, they have a yeah, translucent, translucent powder. powder. Yeah. But then mm -hmm. they also have the under eye powder and you'll feel the difference the in secret, the texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brightening powder. So mm -hmm. definitely, I think under the eyes, you're going to be really careful what powders you're using because that's where mm -hmm. you get crepey. A lot of blending, a really... A lot of blending, a lot of hydration first mm -hmm. and uh, not too and like much a powder thin layer of powder. Eyes. Do you have a favorite way of applying makeup? So when I do my makeup, I usually just start with mm -hmm. my base. Then I do mm -hmm. my brows, eyes and lips. I kind of leave for last. Do you have a specific way you do your makeup or for clients? 
I mix it up. I would say on myself, I probably start with the bass. And with clients, I would say 80% of the time I start with the bass. Unless I'm doing a super, super dark eye, I'll start with the mm-hmm. eye because obviously, you know, I, I've been doing that, this yeah. song, do the eye, clean it up, do your skincare mm-hmm. and then put your bass on at the end. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're in like a really hot climate like Miami, sometimes it's better to leave the skin till the end because if mm-hmm. it's humid and you don't want it to move around as much. But, yeah, I think it, it doesn't really matter. I, don't, I don't never tell people you have mm-hmm. to do it this way. I think yeah. both ways yeah. definitely yeah. work. Glowy skin. So is there anything specific, mm. any specific technique that you use besides, obviously, the prep and the primer? Yeah, moisturizing, a nice glowy primer. One product I've had in my kit forever is the Tom Ford Shade and Illuminate. And mm-hmm. it has a contour section and a highlight section. And if you tap that onto the tops of the cheekbones, it's been my forever favorite, like glassy glow kind of look mm-hmm. where it's super see-through. There's no glitter in it and it just looks gorgeous on everybody. I also love Charlotte Tilbury products for skin. Mm-hmm. She yeah, has I the like highlight wand that's gone mm-hmm. viral and that's a beautiful product for glowy skin. Dior do a, a lovely face uh, backstage face glow palette what is your favorite thing to do when i was doing makeup i love doing eyebrows i would mm-hmm. always like spend my mm. time on eyebrows because i feel like they just favor <laughs> face and they're like if you don't have a good yeah. eyebrow a hundred percent i think you can really tell a makeup artist skill by the way they do brows and i mm-hmm. think if you spend enough time on the brows it sets everything else in place so i would agree with you on that i love doing a good brow i'm very particular on eyes as well and i like people's eyes to pop like no mm-hmm. matter what color they are i like to use like a contrasting color or you know build a shape that really just accentuates their eyes and then i'm known for my glowy skin so that's probably my Mm -hmm. other favorite thing let me ask you specifically about eyes so for somebody who has blue eyes Mm. what colors you would recommend Mm -hmm. so you want to go into that warm copper warm browns and they're going to really make the blue eyes stand out a little bit more also like golden colors are great for Mm -hmm. blue eyes what about Mm -hmm. green would you say something similar green a plum looks insane on green eyes Mm -hmm. it's really going to draw that green color out because they're contrasting colors brown i love doing navy eyes i love like putting like there's a beautiful tom ford navy liner and victoria beckham does one too and they look insane on brown eyes i love victoria beckham products by the way her products are really Mm. really good uh, we mentioned brushes. So you said that people should really invest mm. in brushes. I absolutely agree. If you're like on a budget and you don't want to like invest into 20, 30 brushes, what yes. should you do? Which ones do you have to have? Definitely need a brush like this. It's like fluffy and that's going to get you a nice like kind of any sort of eye. Like if you want to do a wash of gold, if you want to smoke it out, just something that's able to blend eyeshadow. Definitely think a bronzer type brush just to swoop on your cheeks. And, you know, you can get one of these and you can double it up for a blush, for powder. Mm-hmm. You just have to clean it in between, I guess. I can't live without an eyebrow brush. So having like a mm-hmm. spoolie and then mm-hmm. the other end is like an angle. So I dip this into the Anastasia Pro Powder mm-hmm. and I just draw a little fake hairs in my brows and then a foundation brush i think is really key good foundation brush bronzer slash blush kind of and then something for your eyeshadow just to like a fluffy to blend it out and all that what about lips what what do you like for lips what i like for lips i want to say if i'm doing an eye i'll go for that pinky brownie nude tone mm-hmm. and then if i want to do a red lip i'll keep everything else really simple so mm-hmm. i find drawing out one feature over the other is really key i think sometimes if you've got everything going on depending on your face structure as well i mean some mm-hmm. girls can can handle a lot of makeup and i know as i'm getting older <laughs> i find the more makeup i put on i think sometimes i can look worse now so I like to keep yeah. it really light and 
and really just focus on one feature you know what i get sometimes people ask me like what's my blush like what kind of color blush should i go for what kind of mm. color lips i should go for how can they figure out what color suits them now you can go into sephora and you can actually like test things out mm-hmm. and there's people that work there that mm-hmm. they really know their stuff and um i think that's really great now that they've got that because i know when i was growing up we only had the option of like mac and we mm-hmm. had a, a brand in australia called napoleon and that was about mm-hmm. it like oh there was clinique as well so i think now there's mm-hmm. so much choice and you can really go in and play in these stores and figure out what what really suits you before buying something You know what I really like as a trick? It's like look at inside of your lips. Just look inside, inside of your, your mouth. L- inside of your mouth and see the shades yeah. that are in there and that mm-hmm. obviously already matches pretty well on your face. So I really yeah. love using uh lip colors on my cheeks when I'm, you know, when I'm doing like a very fast makeup. Mm. So like multi-use products. Is there any other tips or techniques you can kind of suggest that are multi-use or something that, you know, not everybody would think of? I love that too. I I love using a lip color on my cheek as a cream blush because essentially it's the same sort of uh texture and pigment. You can often use like a highlight as part of your eyeshadow. There's a That's Charlotte Tilbury. Right <laughs> <laughs> There's a Charlotte Tilbury palette Film Star Bronze and Glow which I'm obsessed with. And mm-hmm. it's got a bronzer and a highlight. And so you can bronze your face, highlight your cheeks, and then you can use the bronzer as eyeshadow. And then you can use the highlighter just to do that inner eye area and a little bit mm-hmm. under the brow bone. And, you know, that's a really nice basic kind of makeup. Brands are definitely coming out with these palettes where, you know, they've got a little bit of everything in it and then you don't mm-hmm. have to travel with so much. And I love that. Let's talk about mascaras. Do you have a favorite yes. mascara? I have many. Do you know what? I'm going to tell you my favorite drugstore mm-hmm. mascara is Maybelline Sky High. It's okay. in a pink tube. Know. I'm obsessed. I also at the higher end, I love the Byredo mascaras. They're a little bit expensive. I never tried. But they're they're really cool. Another one that's really great if you're on a holiday and you want to put mascara on and go in the water is the Armani Eyes to Kill in the waterproof. Somebody has shorter lashes. What should uh-huh. they look for? Lengthening and then the other important thing, I know you love a lash curler. You always have to curl your lashes. Yeah. Your lashes are yeah. going to grow so much because you're going to bend them right at the base of the lash and they're going to instantly look mm-hmm. longer. So, I love a tweezer man uh lash curler. Mm-hmm. They're super inexpensive and they work really well. So, I think that's step one. And then using a beautiful lengthening mascara really helps. Mm-hmm. And another product that I'm not sure if you're aware of um is Lashify. And Lashify was launched I heard I think, of them. maybe I a couple years them, ago. Though. They're so good for people with short lashes. What they are is little clusters that are glued underneath your lash line. And so you can actually tailor them. They come in all different sizes. Oh my god, my friend has been just and... using them. I just remembered. I just realized. Okay, please continue. Yes, but she's been telling me mm. about this and now yeah, I just remembered. Okay, I'm sorry. They're amazing. <laughs> It's okay. I I used them on Olivia Colpo recently in Cannes mm. at the Cannes Film Festival and they just, you know, if you want length, if you want boldness, if you want curl, there's all different types and you glue maybe about five clusters on each eye. And there's mm-hmm. a little like glue and then you clamp it to get it to stick together with your lashes. And if you look after them, they can last a couple of days. So they are not like your typical strip lash or like your individual. Mm-mm. So it stays longer if you apply it properly. Okay, exactly. I'm so happy you mentioned the lash curler because I cannot stress enough how important a lash curler is. It I right. when I can't find my lash curler, I will literally go to Sephora and buy it before I apply my mascara. I am not kidding <laughs> because a lash yeah. curler is it makes the world of difference and then I have some girls telling me they're like I'm scared it's going to break my lashes, it's going to fall yeah. out. They're not going to fall out. Just like don't don't pull your eye out, just be gentle, and, Yeah, you know. And it's like Kind anything, it's lashes. practice. What about mascaras that are clumping on your lashes? Would you say that's like a mascara you should just throw away or you think maybe they're applying too much yeah. product or what's going on? So mascara is the one product that I frequently 
throw out in my kit. So it only should you should only keep a mascara for a couple months, and then it's mm-hmm. you know it dries out, it gets clumpy, and that's why drugstore mascara drugstore mascaras are so great because they're inexpensive and you can just get a new one. Um, but the other thing I use if you do get clumps is a little metal tool, which like has little prongs and it's like a mm-hmm. lash comb and you mm-hmm. just like comb it through and all the clumps come out. So that's another really good tool to have in your makeup kit. If, if you find that happens to you frequently. One more mascara question. Uh, when girls mm. feel like their mascara is running, what do you think mm. they should do to avoid that? Or I, I feel like they probably didn't set their cream products. You've got like lots of oil around the eye. Like say you use a moisturizer that is super uh, hydrating and you don't put anything to like dry it out a little bit. It's, it's definitely going to mix together and run. The other thing is switching mm-hmm. to a waterproof. I know they're harder to mm-hmm. get off, but... You know, you just have to have a good oil cleanser and it comes it comes straight off. Uh, we didn't mention eyeliner. Is there any eyeliner technique mm. that you kind of love or do you like a big liner? I mix it up. I love either doing like a super cat eye with like a, a liquid marker type liner. I love the one by Tom Ford. The other liner look I love is to kind of rim the eyes and then to smoke it out. So it's mm-hmm. like that lived in kind of smoky eye look and then you know you go into the waterline the top and bottom so yeah it just depends on the client and the look that they like and and their eye shape as well you know certain people can't have I've got a few clients I would never put anything in their waterline because it's just going to close the eyes make it smaller exactly and you probably know this trick too like a good one is to put a white or a cream pencil mm-hmm. in that waterline. Victoria to... Beckham has a great one. <laughs> mm-hmm. She does. Yeah. It's a really nice one. So yeah, that, those little tricks definitely help. Or like if you do have smaller eyes, doing the bottom liner under the lashes and smoking it out, and then that's going to give the appearance of a bigger eye shape. What do you like mostly about your job? I love my flexibility. Every day is different. I've got many different clients and so I never get bored. I'm a Gemini Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I love to keep life interesting and, you know, I love the dynamics of the job where, you know, one day you're at a hotel, next day you might be on a beach, you might be up at the Hamptons, whatever it Mm is. It's always interesting. You can never guess what's around the corner sometimes, which keeps it fun and exciting and I'm a people person as well. And as much as I love the creativity and creating the makeup, of course, I love just talking to women in the makeup chair. And, you know, I always find out the best restaurants, dating tips, (laughs) uh, fashion. Uh, We always have good banter in the makeup chair. Like people tell me their deepest, darkest secrets sometimes. (laughs) And it's just a very like you you, I get very close to my clients you work very closely with Mm -hmm. them you're working with them sometimes at 5 a.m in the morning and you know it's 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 a great job if if you like all those things Mm -hmm. so for somebody who would love to start a makeup career what would you suggest Mm. like how can they start because it's so saturated nowadays but like if you really Mm. really want to go for it you should so we, we 100% support all the makeup artists out there. 100%. I'm telling you, when I wanted to do makeup, people laughed at me. I'm not even mm-hmm. joking. They laughed. They thought, why are you going to do that? How are you going to get work? I got all the comments. And somehow I shut out the noise and I did it anyways. But if you're starting out now, you are so lucky. You have TikTok. You have Instagram. And it's so easy to connect with people and to put your work out there. I think it's really important to educate yourself. No products, no skin types. Um, practice. Practice is so important. I, I've probably done over 500 weddings in my career because back in the day I would go and I'd do eight bridesmaids and a bride and a mother of the bride. And mm. I was able to do 10 makeups in a day, like back to back. And those days put me in really good position for me, like with what I do now, because I got my speed up. I got to learn products and brushes and, you know, you're dealing with personalities, you're dealing with acne, rosacea, and uh, I think learning your craft and assisting 
is also amazing. I learn etiquette around celebrities and etiquette to be on set and how to interact with agents and stylists and editors. And I learned a lot from my assisting days. And I also met some really incredible people like photographers and stylists that really helped me propel my career forward. I feel like assisting really changed my entire makeup career because like you Mm. are able to be on set with some people that you would never even have the opportunity to be with and then Mm -hmm. maybe that main makeup artist if you're doing a good job and then that main makeup artist is sick or something and they're gonna be like well Mm -hmm. her assistant is good why don't we just call her and that is gonna happen if you're at the right time at the right place and i'm never gonna forget this i was assisting this girl i think it was a maybelline campaign or something and it was a campaign for um mascara and my job was so obviously like when they were shooting uh, the mascara commercial like she was the girl was applying mascara and my job was to remove the mascara between every shoot wow. <laughs> oh my god i was i was it was my first time ever on a big shoot like that i was shaking i did not know what to do i was like i did like because i was scared that i'm gonna like uh, take her entire makeup off but i was supposed mm. to just take off like a small part but those like those things that you would never even learn if i like if i wasn't there on that set i would never learn that and then maybe one mm-hmm. time i would have to do it on a celebrity and i would be like whoa what am i supposed to do here i i have no idea and that makeup yeah. artist told me you don't speak to anybody unless they speak to you as an assistant back then because a lot of times like you need to know your place on set and i feel like that is very important like what you mentioned etiquette like you can't give your opinions and your advice and all that if you are a makeup artist like you can't tell a celebrity oh i think you should change your dress so like i think you Mm. should do that or i think like or don't comment on the lighting or don't don't comment on anything that's like not your jurisdiction because Mm -hmm. there's other people who are there for that specific Mm. reason so Yeah. yeah i will never forget when she was like don't speak to anybody until you're spoken to. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, mean, I think I that's really good advice. Sense. I think yeah. it's great advice. And I had that exact same experience too. And, you know, I think sometimes this generation coming up, they think they're going to be the next big thing straight away. And yes, you, you may be, but other times you do need to learn your place and you need to learn um, things about the industry and, and not step on toes. And it, it's a little dance you have to, you know, make mm-hmm. to really make it in this career. And, and you don't want to burn bridges. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had assistants work with me and they're like, I'm not a confrontational person, but if they do one thing and it's just step the mark, I just never ask them back again. And mm-hmm. uh, that's just the way it is. And I think people, you know, coming into assisting, like if, if you're with someone that's really good and they're helping you, like you need to work really hard Um to stay in contact with that person because that like so many people helped me that I assisted like Mm -hmm. they helped me so much and I'm very generous to my good assistants I'll give them anything like I send them work I send them product like I take them on really Mm -hmm. cool opportunities and yeah so I think that's good advice to like you know figure out how Mm -hmm. to be a good assistant and also I think something we should chat about is like the way people email I cannot believe some of the emails I get (laughs) and they spell my name wrong they (laughs) they spell my name wrong there's no punctuation or capital letters and I'm just like I can't even read this (laughs) like You know what's I'm so it's so funny you mentioned this. I recently I uh, posted on my Instagram that I'm looking for an assistant, and Mm. I said like like a personal assistant, not not a makeup assistant. Mm. And I said that I uh, need them to include their Instagram link. Mm -hmm. And I said I will not even open, I will not even reply to you if you don't include your Instagram link. And I can't even tell you how many emails I got without the link. (laughs) And I'm like I'm literally telling you please include the link and you did not include the link or even if they add a link but it's not clickable so when you are assisting you always have to think of how can i make that person's life easier easier don't have her don't have her go into instagram and type in your name if i'm Mm -hmm. trying to find somebody to make my life easier this is not making my life easier it's actually making me do an extra step so like don't do that punctuations Mm. misspelling my name 
I I mean, why do you think I'm going by Coco? <laughs> because Cornelius <laughs> Linsky was like a little, little intense. Too hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going by Coco. Did you find somebody though? Um, I found a girl. I'm still not. Um, I'm talking to like two, three. I have an intern mm. right now. She's still in school. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I have, I'm talking to a few people, so we'll see, we'll see what's mm. happening because yeah. I wanted to have somebody in Miami because I'm here. So like, uh, let me ask you about skin. You said your glowy skin. So is there anything specific, mm. any specific technique that you use besides obviously the prep and the primer? Yeah. Moisturizing, a nice glowy primer. One product I've had in my kit forever is the Tom Ford Shade and Illuminate. And mm-hmm. it has a contour section and a highlight section. And if you tap that onto the tops of the cheekbones, it's been my forever favorite, like glassy glow kind of look mm-hmm. where it's super see-through. There's no glitter in it and it just looks gorgeous on everybody. I also love Charlotte Tilbury products for skin. Mm-hmm. She yeah, has I the like highlight wand that's gone mm-hmm. viral and that's a beautiful product for glowy skin. Dior do a, a lovely face uh, backstage face glow palette when i'm start selling my merch and all that i want somebody to like mm. help me with everything Wonderful. but we'll see so you have your mm-hmm. um makeup brushes mm-hmm. Is, are you planning to do anything else product wise or your uh... so with the product uh we've got the brushes and they come in a set of 12 at the moment and our next phase that's coming out soon is going to be something a little bit different so people will be mm-hmm. able to buy them kind of separately, which is really cool. Um, and they're available on Trademark Beauty. I'm just in a really happy place at the moment. Uh, I look after some really great clients in New York and I'm just so grateful that I get to see these people like week in and week out. Uh, Vera Wang's one of my main clients, Diane von Furstenberg, and some of these big designers that I grew up idolizing. So I, I just how, am very how, thankful. How did you for... feel after like being booked by your idols? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you kind of go into it and just hope they like you, I guess, in the beginning. And, <laughs> and you just, you know, you build that rapport and you, you be nice and you know, a lot of this job is being good at your job and having a nice personality to be around and being, you know, respective to their privacy and everything. So, yeah, I think I think it's like a whole, like, being a makeup artist is not just being good at makeup. Like, you've got to be good at many mm-hmm. things. You've got to be able to have good conversation and be polite and, you know, be great on social media. There's so many different things now. So it's... uh it's a lot. And, you know, you were talking about having a personal assistant. I actually just took my intern on as my personal assistant because, mm-hmm. yeah, I was finding there's so many different things to keep up with. So my, you know, my assistant helps me with my kit and my inventory and the makeup storage and, you know, TikTok and everything. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a very dynamic job these days. It's not just about mm-hmm. making someone look great. Well, Toby, I'm so grateful for you being on my podcast. Please tell everybody where they can follow you. Where can they buy your brushes, your Instagram, TikTok, mm. all that. Thanks, Coco. It's been a pleasure. So if you want to get my The Essentials Makeup Brush Collection, they are available online at Trademark Beauty. The link is on my Instagram and my Instagram is Toby Makeup and it's T-O-B-I Makeup. I will put your links in the show notes and everybody, please Mm -hmm. go follow Toby. Your makeup is stunning. Mm -hmm. And thank you everybody for listening to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. If you guys (laughs) like this episode, please share it with a friend. I hope you learned some new tips and tricks from Toby. She is amazing. And I hope to see you everybody in the next episode. Bye. Bye. (laughs)